0: Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. And the Biden administration's handling of the initial Chinese spy balloon continues to face scrutiny. Joining us next to discuss, we have Christopher Miller. Miller served as the former acting secretary of defense during the last days of the Trump administration. He's also just released a new book called Soldier Secretary, and we're happy to have him on to discuss. Former Acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Steve, thanks for having me, man.
0: Chris, throughout your uh, decade's um, career serving in the U.S. military, which you're continuing to serve, as you just mentioned, for which you know we thank you for, Um, You held multiple command posts, one of which is Director of Special Operations and Irregular Warfare. With regard to the Chinese spy balloon, Chris, how have you been processing this whole situation from a week ago up until this point?
1: Steve, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of media and that's why I was glad to come on here because that's actually like the best question I've heard. And I've had thousands of questions thrown at me about 1-6 and everything else. And you know everybody wants a, a soundbite about the Chinese spy balloon, but you just you just at hit the absolute essence of what this is about, and this is about how we deal with China, and you talk about a irregular warfare and. It's kind of an arcane field, but irregular warfare is an indirect approach. It's the gray space. It's about using cyber warfare. It's about using information warfare. It's about using these other tools instead of these hugely expensive aircraft carriers and planes. Because let's let's be honest, Steve. What do the what do the Chinese fear most? What's Chairman G fear most? What's the Chinese Communist Party fear most? That's what we should talk about, not the Chinese people. We should talk about the authoritarian, totalitarian government. They fear instability. And that's what irregular warfare is all about. It's about fomenting unrest. Best case is you use truth, right? Just like we did in the Cold War. What, what brought down the Cold War is the message of American values that brought down uh, the Soviet Union, it didn't bring down the Cold War, but ended the Cold War. So that's a great question. Thanks for bringing that up. You're, I, I really, I really appreciate that nuance.
0: Absolutely, Chris, and I I do want to ask you about your book, Um, but first I just want to follow up. Um, Senior Pentagon officials made the case to the senators yesterday on on Capitol Hill in a a classified briefing, uh, making the case for them, or the military, not shooting the balloon down from the outset of it entering U.S. airspace. Uh, Your thoughts on this and other various possible scenarios as to why they didn't or should have?
1: I think right now they're doing this Orwellian tap dancing. That's what I talk about in my book. You know, I've been there. I've seen it. I've seen the playbook. Right? Uh, we'll finally get a, a serious response. You know, in a year and a half after people have moved on. I'm glad Congress is actually finally doing their oversight responsibilities. It was a little political theater. You know, that's Steve, That's not what. That's part of your show. Is that like you want to like get beyond the political theater, which is really important. So thanks for that. You know. Here's the issue for me is one of two things happened. One is we didn't identify the balloon entering our airspace. That's our sovereign territory. This, this it's not, let's not call it an act of war, but it's definitely an act of uh, espionage. Uh, so that's a problem if we didn't identify it. The second issue is if we did identify it and we let it fly all the way across the United States without either disabling it or bringing it down until it left our airspace. That's another issue. What's the decision making on that? And in closing on that, here's the thing. We spend a trillion dollars on defense and national security, and we don't have the capability to disable or bring down a doggone balloon. That's the point of my book, Steve. I mean, that's kind of the essence of what I'm trying to get at is we're spending too much money on stuff that doesn't matter. We couldn't bring, we couldn't disable or bring down in a controlled manner a dog on balloon. That to me is like, that kind of sums up what I'm trying to do with the book, Steve.
0: Chris, about your book uh, titled Soldier Secretary, uh, subtitled Warnings from the Battlefield and the Pentagon about America's most dangerous enemies. You talk about your final days in office as Secretary of Defense, uh, which of course included January 6th, that date. Uh, What was it like? What should the American people know about that day or period of time?
1: Another great question. And I appreciate you giving some context and allowing me to provide my view on what happened that day. I wanna be perfectly clear, it was a horrendous day for democracy. the point I want to make is your armed forces, your National Guard, performed superbly. The decisions that we made that day, we've been characterized by some on the left as as somehow having supported uh, illegal efforts and extra constitutional efforts for uh, the uh, administration to stay in office. That's the height of hypocrisy. Every single person, the first thing they do when they enter the military is they swear an oath of allegiance to support and defend the constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic and that's what i'm trying to bring out in the book is like this idea that somehow our military could be used for extra constitutional reasons is beyond reprehensible for those for those that say However, it's something we have to pay attention to. And that's why I'm so fixated on accountability and why right now the military and we see it with, with what's happening with this Chinese spy balloon taps, dances and says all these politically uh, nuanced things. What we really need to do the way I was raised is somebody needs to step forward and accept responsibility and accountability. And that's what this book is about.
0: Former acting secretary of defense, Chris Miller. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: And it's not just people coming across the southern border. Illicit drugs are making their way across at record levels. Joining us next, we spoke to two parents who lost their 15-year-old son Noah to a fentanyl overdose. They say the danger of illicit drugs like fentanyl is that many people don't even realize they're taking it. Here's our interview. Janelle Rodriguez and Brandon Dunn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thank you you for having us. Janelle, I'll start with you. Uh, Your young son Noah was just 15 years old when he was poisoned by fentanyl and eventually uh, passed away. Uh, If you could just tell us what happened.
2: Um, Noah was at a friend's house um, and I just received a call at midnight um, just stating at that time the parent said, you know, she thought that Noah had overdosed. Um, He he took what he thought was a Percocet, um, only it had no medication in it at all. It was pure fentanyl.
0: Janelle, tell us about your son Noah. What was he
2: like? Noah was um, very fun, um, friendly, He had a really good heart. Um, He was very playful, liked to do pranks and TikTok challenges and uh, play sports and just a good kid, good in school, Um, very popular.
0: Did you ever think this could, something like this could happen?
2: No. Um, We did have a scare back in May Uh, where Noah was on life support for four days. Um, He and a group of friends got a hold of some cocaine, and all his friends were okay, but Noah wasn't. Um, And after that scare, you know, it scared him, and he promised that he would never do anything like that again, and um, we believed him.
0: I think a lot of parents um, are of the same mindset, where they never think this can happen uh, in their family. Uh, Brandon, you guys started uh, an organization, the Forever 15 Project, uh, forever15project.org, a very moving site. Um, Tell us about this and, you know, your efforts to kind of raise awareness about uh, this illicit fentanyl that's killing uh, children and adults across the country.
3: Oh, well, we named it forever 15 in honor of Noah. Um, excuse me. He was 15 when he passed. So that's where the forever 15 comes from because he'll forever be 15. And, um, we do a lot of awareness in public schools. Um, most of our speakings have been in public schools, but we'll, we'll do speakings anywhere. Anybody's willing to listen. Um, churches, you know parent groups um things of that nature just just to try and spread awareness because up until recently there hasn't been a lot out there about it and people still don't know what fentanyl is they don't know how deadly it is and we're trying to to change that so let me ask you what do people need to know what
0: are you telling people when you you know uh speak at some of these places
3: and how easily accessible is
0: this fentanyl to our young people?
3: Um, it's very accessible, but the, the dangerous thing is, is they don't know that, that it's in what they're getting. Um, the current statistic is six out of 10 pills um, purchased on the street are counterfeit pills. Um, so, You know you're literally playing russian roulette with your life if if you're taking taking things that do not come from a pharmacy that aren't prescribed to you um and two milligrams is considered a lethal dose but many of these pills like in noah's instance you know his his pill had eight and a half milligrams in it so most of these poisoning deaths are a lot higher concentration of fentanyl. You know, like like most parents, like you stated earlier, you know, most parents don't think it can happen to them. And most kids definitely don't think that it's going to happen to them. Um, But it can happen. It can happen to anybody. Well
0: said. Uh, Thank you, Janelle and Brandon, so much for uh, taking some time and uh, really appreciate it and terribly sorry for your loss of your son. Thank Thank you. you.